0: thing and we're going to see what happens okay well they'll come and rescue me there it is oh how did you get on that slide No, no, no let's go to the did I do that there you go. That's what I'm looking for. So uh, we are starting a new series called The Power to Change. And uh, my topic is uh, uh, sick of being stuck. Uh, can anybody relate to that in their walk with God? Let's be honest here today. Yeah. Have, you, have you ever had these fantastic prayer moments when you know Jesus was sitting right there in the room? And time you hear prayer moments, you think Jesus is gone fishing or something? Like, you know... <laughs> Or or certain things that you overcame real quick, certain sinful habits you just jumped right over like it was nothing. And there's this one that's just hanging around. And every time you wake up, you're like, hey, boy, how you doing? You know, I "I ain't going nowhere. That kind of thing. And so we're going to talk about that today in the coming weeks about the power, the power to change. The power to change. What I love about our text, I'm not going to read it again uh, unless the Lord says so. But it's a wonderful text. It kind of reminds me of... You remember that old bit they did, who's on first, what's on second kind of thing, and it kept going in circles. And so Paul is here is being very honest. And, and this is a struggle for people who sincerely want to authentically live their faith. That, that uh, I, when I would do good, the thing that I hate doing, that's what I end up doing. I would do good, but evil's present. So Paul broke it down like this. He finds a law that when he would do good, evil is present. So what we're going to do is dig into that a little bit and show you a couple things. Now, keep in mind that when we read the epistles, that we added chapters and verses to help it read better, easier, right? In this particular case, they've done us a disservice because if you just read the, the, the verse as it's written, it kind of seems like you are uh, stuck in this loop. However, Paul resolves the entire issue all the way over in Romans chapter 8 in verse 2. All right. So, let's, let's jump in here and let's see. We, there we go. The struggle is real. And, oh, by the way, my, my name is Steve. I work here. All right. Anyway. So, <laughs> hey, there you go. That's it. The struggle is real. It's real. And so we can relate what I'm doing. I don't understand. Why do I keep doing what I'm doing? So Paul comes all the way down here and he says, it's not I, but the sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells for to will is present with me, but there's a key word, but how to perform what is good, I don't find. So the first thing Paul is trying to get us to do here is understand what sin is and how it works. And so, his whole discussion really was about the law and how God sent the law to help you see what sin is, right? So, the law is good in that it lets you see that we are powerless. We are powerless over the sin nature in and of ourselves, in and of ourselves. So, so you don't find how to do what is good within your flesh. For the good that I will do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that. I practice. Now, if I do what I don't want to do, it's no longer I to do it, but what? The sin that dwells in me. I find a law. This is a key. I find a law. A law is something that works the same way every time, no matter what. It's a law. It's a spiritual law. What is that law? The law is that that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. So whenever you want to do good, evil is always sitting there. So you, you know, you learn in Scripture that we should love everybody. Amen? And right, and when you get into that, it's easy to say it at church because I love everybody. Don't you love everybody? I love everybody. I love it you. God is love. You break it to the song. Jesus is love. Okay, the whole nine. Right? Until somebody cuts you off in traffic. And then you, then you love them. All right, you want to go upside their head. See, so what happens whenever the evil, good, good is there, evil is always what? Present. It's a law. Then he says he sees another law for I delight in the law of God. According to the inward man, but I see yet another law in my members warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity of the law of sin, which is in my members. And finally, he just, in total asper- exasperation, says, oh, wretched man. I'm towed up from the flow up. I'm messed up. I'm jacked up. Wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Now, if you stop reading right there, you just think we just we stay there. But you got to keep reading. The solution is Jesus Christ our Lord. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God it's through Jesus Christ our Lord. So there is victory over this. You ain't just stuck doing wrong things and can't, got the case, case of the can't help it. Amen. It all revolves uh, uh, again in Romans chapter 8 verse 2. I didn't put it in here because I'm going to challenge you to read your Bible for yourself. Amen. So, he says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the sin and the death. Now, I use this example in the first sermon. I'm going to try it again, see if I say it a little bit better. See, when I first started preaching the gospel, I was a kid. I was 14, 15 years old. I was, I was a kid. And so, to understand things, the Lord would give me examples and illustrations, and I still use them today. So, when I was reading this text, I did like everybody else did and stopped at the end of verse chapter 25 and just thought I was kind of stuck. And, and then uh, a little while later, the shuttle, remember the shuttle, the first launch of the shuttle was taken off, and I'm watching it, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit, begins to speak to me about the law of gravity. And this is what he tells me. He says, listen, for those folks to get that giant space shuttle off the ground, they have to know exactly how much force by gravity is holding that ship To the ground. They have to know what that is. If they don't know what it is, they don't know what to apply against it to overcome it. So once they calculate exactly what that is, that tells them how much boost pressure they need to get this giant ship off the ground. So what happens is they applied it. They said, three, two, one, take off. And all of this thrust begins to happen. It did not negate the law of gravity. The law of gravity was still there. However, there was a law being applied that overcame the law of gravity and got them off the ground. The law of the spirit of life in Christ overcomes the law of sin and death. So you don't have the can not help it no more, you certainly can help it, and you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. One law simply overcame the other one. It's the law of the spirit of life in Christ. And so the solution is Jesus Christ our Lord. The victory is real through Jesus Christ. Our Lord, But this is what we must learn. We must learn that the process of change and growth is our responsibility. Notice how I separated the words so cleverly. <laughs> it's responsibility. Now, what is responsibility in the way that I'm using it? It's the ability to respond appropriately to what God has done for you. You have been given that capability. Before you knew Jesus, you really did have a case of the can't help it, And if I can help it, I'll just hide it. I didn't help it. I just hid it. I just, I, I just rationalized it or justified it. But you have been given a ability to respond appropriately to what God has done for you in Jesus Christ. So Paul talking to the church at Ephesus says this. This I say, therefore, in testifying to the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. That was all of us. Guilty. Paul tells them, don't walk that way. But ye have not so learned Christ. If indeed you've heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put it off. No, we're not slapping Jack today. We ain't cussing nobody out. See, because cuss out comes into your mind first. Soon as somebody do something, here come evil. Evil's present. You should just say, let it go. But cuss out, say, listen, let me tell you something. Mama didn't raise no fool to tell you. You got one more time. I'm going to slap the taste right out your mouth. You got one more time. Don't let this black robe fool you. I ain't always been saved. I love God. He will forgive me for what I'm about to do to you. Oh. <laughs> That's just me, ain't y'all. I know y'all sanctified, but uh, you know. But that evil is present. Hit him, slap him, take him out. I feel, like, I feel like Denzel Washington in his, you know, equalizer where he be going through the throat and then the knee. Y'all pray my strength in the Lord. That's what they say where I come from. Pray my strength in the Lord. Watch this. Put off concerning the former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. That tells you about your old man. He don't get better. He get worse. Even if you're a child of God, if you don't put him off, he, listen, your old man is like Jesus. Jesus died, on the th- and on the third day, the song buzzed on. and I'll rise again. Ain't no power on earth can tie me down. Your old man will do that, too. He, every morning, your old man be talking about, I'm about to get up out this grave and, and wreak some havoc. You say, no, you're going to die again. I'm going to kill you. Good morning. Kill him right off. <laughs> Good morning and take him out. So, put that dude off and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and you put on the new man everybody that's in Christ say I'm brand new See, you are brand new in Christ and you were created, which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. When you received Christ and he took up residence in your heart, that new person that you're if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. That new man was created by God in righteousness and true holiness. See, you should practice that and tell that to yourself. I'm a brand new creature. I'm a brand new man. Thank God for what he's doing in my life. For the Bible says it is God that does what work in you, both to will and do of his good pleasure. Learning Christ is the key. See, notice the text, but ye have not so learned Christ. So if you feel stuck and plateaued in your growth and change is not happening, I want you to come back to this. Can I just, can I just mess with you a little bit? I'm going to mess with you like God was messing with me. See, pride puffeth up. Pride puffeth up. Knowledge puffeth up, rather. So, when you think you know something, you don't listen because you think you already know that. Like if I start saying John 3.16, you start talking, that means you're not listening. We think we know all we need to know about Christ. That's why we keep putting other things in our discipleship path instead of Jesus. We think we already know him. But you don't know him. You know the one your denomination has taught you. You don't know him. You know the one that, that, your, that your issues taught you about. See, the Christ you're introduced to starts with where you are, but it goes to where he is. And we never get off of where we are. We never go to where he is. So, all of these wonderful identification scriptures that Paul gives us, that we are in Christ, in heavenly places, seated in heavenly places. We don't know nothing about that, but we know Jesus' is love. Okay, you know that part, but what about the rest of it? See, you gotta learn Christ. If you learn Christ, and if you've been taught of Christ and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus, that's the foundation for putting off the old man and putting on the new one. So, the first part is we gotta do what? Learn Jesus. Go back to school, discipleship school, learn Jesus. Now, watch this. This is interesting. We're gonna take learning Christ to the next level. How many of you wanna go to the next level? Yeah, y'all better talk to me. I'm going to be up here. <laughs> Give y'all another shot. How many of y'all want to go to the next level? Yay! Yeah. okay. Yeah. So learning Christ and re- being renewed in the spirit of your mind, putting off and putting on, is all part of a greater picture called spiritual worship. Let's see what Paul says. Same, the same letter. I be- appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God... To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. King James would say reasonable service. The better translation is actually here. Worship, as much as I love music, and I do music, do you know worship is not a music format? Worship is what the music helps you worship. It doesn't take the place of your worship. Worship is the presentation of your whole self, your body as a living sacrifice to God. So if I've plateaued, I have to look at what I'm looking at and listen to what I'm listening to and make sure the things that I'm looking at and listening to are not taking me away from God. Because see, sometimes you want to be a better husband, but you're talking knucklehead who ain't got no woman. Can't keep a relationship, and you're reading the book. Yeah, 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 what he said right here. Really? Use your common sense. You got to give your members to God. This is practical. This is practical worship. Do Do you know, have you noticed in the Old Testament how praise is so physical? Like those of you who say you praise God in your heart, you're lying. Your heart has nothing to praise with but Your hands. That was good. I should get paid for that. <laughs> your, heart don't, your heart don't got no hands. The Bible says clap your hands on you. People don't clap your heart, clap your hands. Shout unto God with the voice of—you notice how praise is physical? It's physical, because you get your body involved in giving glory to God. Lift your hands in the sanctuary. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise is not in my heart, it's in my mouth. Because when you cuss people out, you don't cuss them out with your heart, you cuss them out with your mouth. So you got to teach that mouth to submit to God. Yeah. You got it—you you, got it—and <laughs> that's your worship. That's your worship. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Watch this. And this is the word we've been trying to get to. Change. Transform. How do I get to transform? I learn Christ. Number two, I present myself to God practically. Spend time in the presence of God. Hear what God is speaking to your heart. Hear what he's saying to you. And let the ideas and the truth of God call into question the things inside of you that's not in line with what He's saying. You see, for the child of God, you don't have to suppress sin, sin is already defeated. What you have to do is let light in. And when the light comes in, the darkness leaves. The darkness cannot comprehend light. In fact, the kingdom of light and dark are two different things. So you're not defined by what you keep yourself from, but who you give yourself to. It's what you're giving yourself to that ultimately determines your spiritual growth. And stop mixing it up. Stop mixing up your plate. Amen. This ain't a buffet. you got stuff that don't even go together because you want to try that. I wonder what this is. I'll try that. No, man, put things that go together, together. Y'all, y'all listening to me? I'm losing my voice. If y'all pray for me, I get through this. Present your body. That's worship. Spiritual worship. Be transformed by, watch this, the renewal of your mind. What is the renewal of my mind? It's intentional. There we go. I'm trying to say all that just to say this. Watch this. Spiritual worship is our intentional response to the lordship of Jesus. It's intentional. I'm bowing down on purpose. I'm making time on purpose. One of my, one of my uh, I don't call it a pet peeve, is just an observation. For those of us who've been in the church for a while, we will say things like this. Ooh, child, times are bad. Ooh, it's worse as it's ever been. Our poor children got so much to deal with today, more than what we had to deal with. Ooh, child, pray for our cheering." That's how old black people say children. They say, chairman, pray for our chairman. <laughs> Y'all all right. Y'all hang on. Y'all be all right. It's, it's okay. I promise it won't hurt. It's okay. Now watch this. this when the Lord spoke, showed me this, it, it stuck me to my chair because I'm a leader in the Lord's church. And the, and the collective response of the Lord's church into times that are as dark as they've ever been is to have church less. Does that even make sense? Oh, things are terrible. Let's get in by 10.05 and out by 10.55 so we can go home and watch the Browns maybe lose or win. Let's make that the most important thing. Let's hurry up. Everybody hurry, hurry, hurry. Oh, you know, I've done a study, and it says people don't want to sit in the church service longer than this. They ain't got that problem at the football game. So what you're telling me is the football game is more important than the church. That's what you're telling me. You're telling me that something that does nothing for your soul is more important than getting something for your soul. Yeah. You went to get your hair done. It took you longer than 55 minutes. You sat there waiting for 55 minutes to get in the chair. Yeah. Hallelujah. And sister girl, you don't want nobody rushing through your head. You're like, girl, take your time. <laughs> you are not looking at your watch. You're like, yes. I deserve this. <laughs> your soul is more important than anything else. So don't, don't cave to the culture that's trying to get us out of here. herd us in here like cattle. Don't take the time to seek God and pray. We're in a hurry to go do what? What? Take your time and seek God. It may not be you today, but it could be your son up here who need prayer. What happened when it's your issue? If you need to leave, do what the old black church do. We put up this finger, I don't know what it means, and we walk out like that. I don't know what this finger means. It could mean I gotta go bathroom, it could mean I got a headache, it could just mean I got to go. <laughs> Glory to God. But when you're doing kingdom work, man, my soul as a deer pants for the water brook so my soul is longing after God it's intentional it's an intentional response to the lordship of Jesus which is to present our bodies as living sacrifices and to align our thinking with God concerning who he is and who we are in him Let God show you who you really are. Let let the Lord Jesus Christ show you what really happened at Calvary. You didn't just get fire insurance so that when you die, you get to go to glory. He gave you righteousness, peace, and joy on the Holy Ghost right here on earth. But see, that's foreign to most of y'all because you think you know Jesus. You ain't heard nothing about Jesus. Get there with Jesus and you will see. Say amen, somebody. Y'all praying for me is going pray for me yeah. continual transformation change growth into the Christ is the result of spiritual worship you want to grow you want to get learn how to give yourself to God spend more time in God see what he uses as a tool for transformation is the word is the scripture because the scripture you don't read the Bible the Bible reads you You read the scripture and the truth and the light. The the, the, the Bible, the the writer said, the interest of thy word gives light. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. When you read the scriptures concerning your life and the things that you are faced with, the thoughts of God begin to change your thinking. That's the practical side. I got to just spend time with God. We used to call it practice in the presence of God. We'll get in a room and worship, and we found the highest form of worship is absolute silence. It's when you get to the place in the presence of God where there's nothing to say. Mm, Because there's joy unspeakable (laughs) and full of glory. There's nothing to say. That's why when the glory of Shekinah glory came in, everybody shut up. The preacher wasn't preaching. There wasn't nobody getting the tune. Organ wasn't playing. Wasn't nobody jumping and shouting. (laughs) When the glory of the Lord came in the room, everything fell silent because the Lord is in his holy temple and let the whole earth just shut up. Uh, Are y'all still with with me here? Continual transformation is the result of spiritual worship. So now what? Consider this question this idea, what is the value of Christ-likeness in our culture? Because if we're changing and growing, we're not growing into our own image. We're going into image of Christ. We're becoming more like Him. We have to see the value of Christ-likeness in our culture. The value of Christ-likeness in our culture. You see, God has chosen to use his people to introduce his kingdom to people because you're the best testimony there is. Now, I don't want nobody raising your hand, but Dirty Dan and Freaky Frida is in the room. Y'all all right. Y'all just pray it, pray it out, walk it out. and say, Don't nobody know it's you, but you know what you were. But now you know who, what you are. You know God changed you. <laughs> that, that's what I like about old gospel music. It's audacious. I know I've been changed. See, that, see how attitude that is? I know I've been changed. The angels in heaven done sign my name. It's audacious. It's bold, because when you've been changed, you know you've been changed. If you don't believe that I've been redeemed, follow me down to the Jordan Street. Stepped in the water, and the water was cold. chilled my body, but not my soul. I know I've been changed. And when that's a reality in you, when you share it with somebody else, you share it for real with conviction, and you're constantly changing. This Christ-likeness is what our culture needs. They don't need more blah, 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 blah. They need to see, 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 see a change in you. It's good when you meet your old friends that you used to do that stuff with. They want to see if you're going to do it again. I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. No, I see you. Hey, Steve, hey. No, no, no. No, no, no. Don't even come that way. <laughs> hey, Steve. No, no. What's up? What's up? What's up, fur dog? What's up, baby? What's happening? No, 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 no. No, he dead. He died for real. He been dead. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, y'all can get deep if y'all want to. Act like act like you so sanctified. But you, you know, they used to call y'all stuff out in the street. They don't call you here in the church. They call you brother, brother, sister, <laughs> Sister Terry, God bless you. Mama Lori, God bless you. Out in the street, la, 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 girl, girls at you, whoo, you know what? You got a man. <laughs> and she's like, yes, it's Jesus, I can be, I can be Jesus, I can be Jesus. Didn't Jesus have apostles? Can I be yours? You know, he going he going shoot his shot. He gonna, you gotta be like Wonder Woman. No. Y'all stop laughing at church. God gonna come down and kill all y'all. Y'all stop laughing at church. <laughs> oh Lord, the value of Christ likeness in our culture. That's what this ultimately is about, the changing, being intentional, spending time in the presence of God, renewing the mind, letting the truth and the light come in and push the darkness out. Because once the light comes in, the darkness flees. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Giving yourself to God. My last two points. Pretty powerful, huh? Reflect, respond. In my denomination that I still serve in, I was given the task of teaching discipleship. I wrote a whole curriculum, had it published, Foundations for Effective Living, good stuff. But this is the area that I saw that corporately we can address right away. Listen, we've been singing about Jesus, and they done a wonderful job, didn't they? Worship team done a wonderful job singing about Jesus. I'm up here talking about Jesus, wonderful time we're about to go to the table and remember jesus but this is what the body of christ has lost give people time to reflect on what they've heard where are you going hurry to do what this is your soul what does it profit the world if you get what is the problem he gained the whole world and lose his soul slow down where are you going and I'm, I'm preaching at us because I, I've been over services and I'm like, okay, got to be timely, got to be timely, got to be timely, got to be timely. God, like, okay, if that was you up there suffering, did you want that? You, you want your doctor really coming in too? Okay, we got an operation to do it. Okay, everybody talk real fast. Oh, man. What, bro? You hear my leg. This is why they ask you questions. Do you know why you're here? Which leg are we working on? They're slowing the process down. We have to learn how to take time to do this. Reflect on what you heard today. We're going to do it right now. We got one minute, 20 seconds. Take time and just... (laughs) (laughs) See there? Caught you, didn't I? See? You have to reflect on what God is speaking to you. Take the time. Reflect. Respond. See, the beautiful thing about our Lord Jesus Christ, whatever your... Response is, he meets you right there. If you say, Pastor Fer, this seems helpless to me. God says, okay, let's talk about that. I just want to be better. He says, great, let's talk about that. I just want to give up. I know you do, but let's talk about that. See, he's really just trying to engage you. It's futile. It's it's just a waste of time. I don't see no changes in my life. Where's the real deal? Like the old lady said, where's the beef? Where's the real deal? He said, I'm glad you asked me that. Let's talk about that. Uh See, he wants to engage you here. You reflect and then respond. And as you begin that interaction with the Lord, with your Lord, he begins to say and show you. It's a cooperative. Growth is cooperative. He'll show you this here. Learn this. Consider that. Read this. Talk to this one. Go to that. Don't they have a class on that over here? He'll direct you. Trust in the Lord with all in your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. and all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will. Direct your path. So let's pray. Father, thank you for the wonderful opportunity we have to grow continually in you. You've done the work. And with you, we learn how to walk. The work is done. The walk is for us to do. We must intentionally set our heart and our affection on you your word says, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Set your affection, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. The Bible says, your word says, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ shall appear, then shall we appear with him in glory. Yes, Lord, this is what we're doing now. We're seeking your faith. We're seeking to be what you've called us to be so we can do what you've called us to do. As we now go to your table, let us not just do juice and crackers, bread and wine, but no, but to participate in a true spiritual communion. We pray these things in Jesus' mighty name that every heart say, amen.